Hello everybody, Happy New Year and welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox meeting of Adult Children of Alcoholics in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn. My name is Anne, I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child. We're recording our speakers every week because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a 12-step program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like to find a meeting in your area, go to adultchildren.org and click on Find a Meeting. This week we're hearing from our friend Chris, who spoke about using the literature in his recovery. Please enjoy. Hey, I'm Chris. I'm... NACA. Um, it's really good to be here. Um, I've been coming to this meeting, I don't know, for a little over a year now, I guess, pretty regularly. And um, um, I don't know, I guess I came in here in a sort of a, uh, in a, in a kind of a desperate way and um, I have 20 years in another fellowship um, I've been sober 20 years and um, I kind of uh, I was beginning to feel like I was doing something wrong with my sobriety somehow like I wasn't getting it right I felt uncomfortable and uh, <clears throat> I don't. I don't. I. I just kind of. That started feeling familiar to me. Like I. I felt like all my life, whatever I was doing, I was doing it wrong. It was not. It was not unusual for me to come to this conclusion, that I'm doing it wrong, and that that's just the way it's going to be. Somehow I burned through all of the the, whatever kind of goodwill I'd been able to sort of make in it. Anyway, I. I, um, I, I met a guy at a party who was starting a men's group and uh, we started talking and and I'd, I'd never heard of ACA you know or if I'd heard about it somehow it had bounced off of me somehow like it didn't I didn't hear it and when I was a kid I was in Alateen and I guess I was in Alateen about the same time that ACA was forming back in like the 70s and uh, I was uh, 14, 15, 13, I guess, when I started going to Alateen. I went, started going to Alateen because I overdosed at 13. And um, I couldn't go to AA. It was just like, that was like, you know, like that was like going to prison, you know. Um, <laughs> so they put me in, my parents suggested I go, my dad was going to AA, I, my mom was going to Al-Anon, and I went to Alateen. And uh, it was all in, it was all, I think it was Monday nights or Tuesday nights. And uh, it was, it was, uh, it's kind of, I would, I, I'd say it saved my life, Alateen. It was, was one of the best things that ever happened to me because it gave me a sort of a language. And also it kind of, it gave me this feeling that because I felt so terribly alone in, uh, in what was going on in my house. And I realized that I wasn't alone, that this, what was happening to me was not, it was unusual, but it wasn't that unusual. And I made friends, and um, 
we were able to talk about what was going on. And that, I think that probably saved my life. It didn't prevent me from having my own kind of story. Um, but it definitely saved my life. I'm very grateful to ACA. And uh, I guess, you know, this is the toolbox. And I, I was thinking about the tools that I would want to talk about a little bit. And uh, one of the tools, I guess, would be literature, because I think when I first came into ACA, I felt very, uh, like, very alienated in here. I did not feel comfortable. It's, it's very heavy. But when um, the first piece of literature, I guess, the, um, the laundry list, is where I really kind of found like my way through the the keyhole. I sort of like I was like, oh, that's describing me very clearly. I felt like a big identification with um, with the laundry list, and uh, I've read a lot of the literature now. And uh, the Red Book, I highly, I, I just can't believe it's every time I open it, there's just something unbelievable that really strikes me. Um, and it's great to read it with, with fellow travelers and people. And every time in a, in a literature-based meeting, I'm always so happy that it sort of like anchors the meeting in a really great way. Um, like it's, 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 a whole, it's a whole new thing for me, reading the literature. It's, um, I guess I want to read a couple of things because I, I use this book a lot and uh, it's sort of it's it's great. It's kind of like a cookbook in a way because if you're going through something, you can just look in the back for uh, for a uh, you know a little a subject matter you know a subject you're going through. Like for instance, you know, you just say like relapse, page one thirty five. Um, that's not what I'm going to talk about, but you know, like if you're if you're thinking you're relapsing, you can look at page 135 in this book and just sort of like talk, little, give you a little talk about that. Um, uh, the traits. I'll, I'm just going to read two things about the traits that are in here. That uh, I'm just going to start with trait two. Um, we became approval seekers and lost our identity in the process. That's from the Big Red Book, page 11. Yes, sir. Anything you want, sir. Whatever I can do, sir. Maybe if I do the dishes faster, mom won't drink so much this weekend. I'll keep the little, it'll, I'll keep the little kids quieter and that dad won't get so mad. Many of us feel we have to do for others so they will like us, so the alcoholic won't hit us, so people won't get mad at us. As adult children, we get so good at doing for others that we end up believing we're only okay if we have their approval. Though the, those others can be bosses, friends, coworkers, spouses and children. In ACA, we start to see this pattern of approval seeking. As a, result of many, as a result, many of us find that we don't know what we want or how to make decisions for ourselves. Some of us can't even name our favorite color, but we sure know the favorite colors of others. As we begin to discover ourselves, we learn to separate the idea of a simple act of kindness from that of sacrificing ourselves in a way that destroys our self-worth. We begin appreciating that we're okay and can affirm ourselves for who we are, not what we do. That's uh, trait two. And uh, then trait 12 is kind of a sort of a buddy of that one. It says, we are dependent personalities who are terrified of abandon abandonment and will do anything to hold on to our relationship in order not to experience painful abandonment feelings. 
which we received from living with sick people who were never there for us emotionally. Many of us wish we did not perpetuate certain family disease traditions like abandonment, but we do so anyways. We may have abandoned someone on purpose as an outlet of our anger or as a form of retribution. No matter what the reason, we are now in recovery to break the cycle of this multi-generational family disease the best we can. The idea of not abandoning others may feel like a foreign concept. Maybe we just don't know how to stay. Maybe we just don't know how to stay, how to feel safe long enough to be intimate. It can feel terrifying to get close to others. Being with fellow travelers in this program is a first step in practicing what it's like to tolerate intimacy. It also, it's also where we can learn to communicate, resolve problems, and forgive in many ways we were never taught. We perform a real act of courage when we do things differently in recovery. We can practice, we can do it. This is our living amends, a gift to ourselves and others in recovery and perhaps to our families as well. Um, so both of these are kind of a little bit about abandoning our, ourselves to others. And that's something that I, like, I strongly identify with. I, there's a thing in ACA, sometimes they, they, we do a feelings check when we come start a meeting and they'll pass around the, a list of feelings. And it, to me, it's like a, it's an algebra test. When I see that, that list of feelings, I have no idea what I'm, what's really going on. Like right, right now I can tell you I'm a little nervous. I'm not feeling exactly settled where uh, I ordinarily am. It's a good kind of nervous because I care. I know that I care about what I'm saying and I care about being here. It's not like I got to get the fuck out of here um, scared. Um, but uh, I do identify with that sort of like, that sort of doing for others. I'm a chef, I'm a, I'm a server, I take care of people, that's what I do. I feel like I'm a nurse, you know, like I got this sort of like, I'm a food nurse. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like, I really, I love, I love feed. I really do. I like feeding people a lot. It's really, uh, it, 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 it satisfies me on a lot of levels. Um, but you know, it's, it's also like I, I started this profession when I was 13 years old and I worked 50 hours a week, my first job when I was 13, you know, and I, I just start like just, I love not being focused in work. I love sort of like not having to deal with anything and saying I'm busy. I'm working at 13. That was kind of I had that 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 shtick down, you know, and every like that was the rest of my life. I, if I said I was working, I could pretty much get away with anything. And uh, and I was working and I was busy. And. Um, Thanks. I wasn't taking care of myself. You know, I, I was, you know, working 70, 80, 90 hours a week is not taking care of yourself. I, I remember when I first got sober, I went to the dentist and I <laughs> hadn't been to the dentist in a very long time because I wasn't taking care of myself. And, you know, there was a lot of work to be done when I got there. It was sort of like this was neglect, you know, self-neglect. And... Uh, I met, I'm, I'm so glad that my dentist didn't shame me and he was like, oh, look at you. Like, you know, he sort of kind of understood what I was going through and, he, and I was in recovery and he understood that too. And I've neglected a lot of things in my life and I tr really, um, I would much rather take care of someone else than myself. I'm much more geared for that and I learned that somewhere. I didn't like, I didn't invent that. 
And I don't think there's anything wrong with taking care of or helping other people. It's just when you don't take care of yourself, when that's the cost of it. Um, and I'm so willing to sort of not take care of myself. Um, now I, I hear that in these, in, in these rooms and I realize that it's, it's something that's real. It's not, some, it's not a theory that I really do this thing and that there's another way to do my life. I don't have to do my life this way. And I'm kind of learning that here. And uh, it doesn't make, it makes me really uncomfortable to learn that, that I'm, I, I, you know, I really have this sort of idea that someone's gonna come in and rescue me. Like that's just sort of like, I want someone to come in and like swoop down and sort of like rescue me. But uh, that's just not, that's not happening. And, uh, and that's a good thing because I've been in those relationships where um, I've been rescued and they don't work very well. And I've been in the relationships where I rescue and that doesn't work out very well either. Um, so I guess, you know, th this is it's a very specific and narrow thing that I'm talking about. Uh, and uh, each, each one of the traits is like, is like its own continent. You know, you could really kind of like spread out on each one of them. And, uh, but this sort of like abandonment of self and sort of losing yourself in other people is something that, you know, I learned really young. I was like, you know, as, as children, we're supposed to be taken care of. We're not supposed to be the caretakers. We're not supposed to be sort of taking the temperature of the adults. The adults are supposed to be taking our temperature. Mm -hmm. And, um, It was a way that I can control the chaos of my childhood, you know, and I sort of like, I really want to sort of step away from that sort of role that I play. I want to sort of feel myself, not this person that I needed to be in order to uh, survive. I want to do more than survive at this point. And uh, I don't know, I feel, I feel optimism here in ACA. I'm very grateful and uh, I just I keep coming back because I hear something in this in this in this meeting in particular and other meetings that I go to. I realize that this isn't something. This recovery isn't something that is like, you know, like you just put the bottle, put the plug in the jug, and you're sort of done. There's lots of ways to act out in this in this program, and lots of ways to sort of like get lost and, you know. Uh, but I. I believe that there's really there's a there's a recovery for me in here and I keep coming back. So thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you.